Welcome to the Helping Writers Become Authors podcast. I'm K.M. Wyland, and I am here to take you deep with story theory, writing techniques, and the incredible wisdom of story. I believe story is the greatest power on this earth, and that as writers, we carry the torch of wielding that power with responsibility, passion, and skill. There is no such thing as just a story. Today, it is my honor and my purpose to help you write your best story, astound the world, and maybe change your life. Hello and welcome to everything you need to know about backstory. Um, I'm Cam Wyland, and you're listening to the Helping Writers Become Authors podcast. Or you may be watching it because this is also a video post. So if you'd rather watch, you can find that on YouTube. If you are watching and you'd rather listen, you can find the podcast version on my podcast, Helping Writers Become Authors, on all of the major podcast platforms. And if you'd rather read, you can find a full transcript of this episode on my website at helpingwritersbecomeauthors.com. If you're on YouTube, I will leave links to that down below. Okay, so backstory. Today, um, we're, this uh, video is in answer to a question from SW, who asked, I'm interested in how you figure out how to chunk backstory and sprinkle it through the story. So this is always a pertinent question because wherever you have a story, obviously you have backstory. And backstory, simply put, is just whatever comes before the main story. Generally speaking, it would be the history of the characters or maybe the world. It could be just whatever's happened in the protagonist's life up to that point, or it could be multi-generational, you know, going into very in-depth world building and, and such um, in different types of stories, whether it's fantasy or historical or something like that. But in any type of story, backstory and how you treat it is always going to be a consideration because it is a big deal. It's very important and can, uh, in a lot of ways, make or break how well the main part of your story comes across. So functionally, what is backstory and what is the point of it within story? Functionally, backstory exists primarily to create context for the main story by indicating that there is something that happened before the main events of the story we immediately get this sense of verisimilitude, right? It's like the iceberg with um, seven-eighths under the water where there's more than meets the eye. And even in stories where that isn't conveyed or that isn't shared with readers um, explicitly or otherwise, it still gives us this sense of a world that's bigger than just whatever's being conveyed um, on the page. And that can go a long ways toward just creating a sense of depth and nuance and intricacy within your story that can be really important for pulling readers in. Now, more pertinently, and in a lot of stories, the backstory will actually be very important to the main story and will need to be brought out and shared in some way that's more than just incidental. And this is usually um, the case in stories in which we want to get clear on what is motivating the characters in the main part of the story. So aside from just bringing in color and dimension, the primary purpose of backstory and why it's important is because it allows us to create a sense of depth and cause an effect to a character's um, motivation within the main part of the plot. So sometimes the reason for a character's goal in the main part of the plot will be something that was is directly uh, connected to a major backstory 
event. It couldn't happen unless this backstory event um, happened first and then was brought in and explained in the story. In other stories, the primary thing that's going to kick off the character's goal and make them willing to pursue it throughout the main plot will be something that happens in the main story. But even in these instances, backstory can be important because it gives us a sense of who this person is and why they might react to the events in this story in such a way. Why, for instance, is, you know, the detective so obsessed with catching this particular bad guy? We've seen this in many, many mysteries and thrillers where it's not just because it's his job. It's because there's something in his own backstory that, you know, mirrors this or is triggered by it. Um, and he wants, you know, there's a personal reason. It makes it personal, even if the events of the plot are something that really aren't that personal, as they often aren't, at least on the surface in detective stories, because it's just his job. He's just doing his job. But when we bring in the backstory, it allows us to explore the depth and the nuance of that motivation. So one of the most useful terms for exploring the true depth and importance of backstory is what I call the ghost. And this is a term that was originated by John Truby in his book, The Anatomy of Story. You may often hear it used, or another word used similarly, and that is the wound. And this is something that has happened in the character's past that is deeply influential to the choices that are made in the main part of the story. So the idea of the ghost, right, is that it's something that haunts the character and it's something that needs to be laid to rest, whether it's directly influencing the events of the plot or like in our detective example, it's just something that is there for him or her and it's something that is then influencing and, and giving reason and purpose to why they're willing to go to the extremes that they're going to go to in the main plot. Now, the ghost is important, particularly when you're dealing with character arcs, right? Because in character arc, the whole fulcrum of how that works is that the character begins with a limiting lie that they believe, a perspective about the world that is limiting or dysfunctional in some way. And then in a positive change arc, they would arc out of that into a more functional truth. So the ghost is what is creating the circumstances of that lie. The character, you know, has to have a reason why they are so invested in such a ultimately destructive point of view. What made them think this way? And this could be something, you know, very simple. It's just um, how they were brought up and they have had no reason to question it up until this point. And it was reasonably functional up to this point. So in that case, the ghost is something that's not, you know, horrific or traumatic but it's still there in the backstory and explains why the character is the way they are in the beginning of the main story. But a lot of times, as the name suggests, ghost or wound, this backstory motivation, this catalyst, will be something a lot deeper um, with a lot more heft to it for the characters. So it could be a very traumatic event, you know, that, that caused them to believe that all people are bad or, you know, something like that, or that they're not good enough, that they don't have the strength to do whatever is necessary to chase their dreams, or whatever is, is the, the lie truth that your character is trying to work with in your story that's creating that inner conflict. So primarily, when you think of backstory and why it's important, this is it. What is the ghost in your character's backstory? Because all the other stuff, the stuff that doesn't actually um, affect 
the main part of the plot, that doesn't matter. Like generally speaking, it's not going to matter where your character was born or what their birthday is, that kind of thing, you know, where they went to school, that kind of thing is not, even though it's a part of who they are and it's their backstory, it's not important to the main plot and therefore isn't technically functional backstory within story form as we think of it. So when you're thinking about backstory and what to include, the first thing to think about is what's your character's ghost? What is the catalyst in your character's backstory that is kicking off the need for their character arc and the events of the external plot? Okay, so the next question is, how much backstory do you need in your story? And this is a very, very important question. I think a lot of writers kind of fall in love with their backstory, and I can speak to this. I love writing backstory for my characters. I love that part of my outlining process where I just get to get, dig deep into the character interviews and what I call the character sketches and just, you know, find out everything about these people and about the world they live in. It's, it's so much fun and there's no pressure because there's no need to create a plot out of it necessarily. So you can explore all those things like where they were born and what's their birthday and who was their best friend in middle school and that kind of thing. And to you as the author, it's fun, right? But most of that stuff is not going to be important to the story. And it's very important for authors to get a sense of which pieces of the backstory are necessary to provide just general verisimilitude and context that give the impression of this character as a dimensional real human being and what pieces are going to drive the plot. And pretty much anything else does not need to be in the story. And it's very important to avoid self-indulgence when it comes to backstory. So again, basically, when it comes to backstory, the only things that you're going to include are those that actually matter to the plot, those that actually drive the plot. And this is the same, you know, when you're thinking about why to include any part of a story or any extra character or any particular scene. And the question is always, does this affect the bottom line? If I pull this will the story be impacted? Will the, the reader's ability to understand the climax be negatively affected? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and if it's not, then it probably doesn't belong in the story. And that's just a good rule of thumb to keep in mind. When it comes to backstory, generally speaking, less is more. Now, a lot of this has to do with how you convey the backstory in the story. And there are several different techniques that you can use for this. Um, last year, I did a three-part series on my site at Helping Writers Become Authors about backstory techniques. And if you're on YouTube, I will link to that down below. And the main one, and this is the one that you're going to want to use in pretty much any story, even if you do choose to use some of the other techniques, but it is the most effective, the most invisible, and therefore the most useful of all backstory techniques. And that is the backstory drip. And basically what this is, is you're just taking little bits and pieces of your backstory and slowly dripping it in to the main narrative as it becomes necessary or important for readers to be able to understand what's going on. And this is really valuable because it doesn't interrupt the main story. It allows you to create this seamless narrative of the main part of the story without, you know, boring readers with information dumps or with backstory that isn't pertinent. It's very seamless. And usually how it's introduced into the prose is, you know, a sentence here or a paragraph there. It's possible to do it in dialogue between characters. 
Um, but it's important that it's not an as-you-know-Bob conversation in which two characters are sharing information that they both already know. It needs to be a conversation that's important to the plot, important to the relationship between the characters and how that's developing. And it actually moves and changes the plot as you go. You can think of backstory generally as clues, right? It's something that you're putting into the story because the readers at the very least need to know about it, but probably the characters do as well. So it's part of the discovery and every little piece of the backstory that's either discovered or that the character is able to see in a new light, that becomes a clue that changes the trajectory of their character arc and of whatever they're doing in the plot. And we can see this um, in stories where the backstory is actually very important to the main story. It's not just, you know, there in the background, but like learning about it or recontextualizing it is really important to how the character moves through the main plot toward their plot goal. Um, investigation stories are the most obvious example of this. Um, for example, the movie State of Play with Russell Crowe and um, Ben Affleck is a good example in that you have the main plot where there's this murder investigation that the journalist is doing and the politicians that are kind of involved in it in Washington, D.C. Um, but the backstory is super important and the backstory is just the relationship between um, Russell Crowe's character and Ben Affleck's character and Ben Affleck's wife, who is played by Robin Wright. And um, this backstory becomes really important. It's not that the characters don't know about it, but as they slowly share it with us and as they slowly revisit it themselves and recontextualize it, it changes their understanding and their perception of themselves, of their relationships, and ultimately their ability to understand what's going on in the investigation part of the main plot. So in a story like this, you can see how important the backstory is, how crucial and integral it is, and also how important it is to sew it in bit by bit. Because if you just dumped it at the beginning or in a big scene, then you lose the ability to not just tease readers, right, but also to allow readers to experience that backstory along with the characters. It becomes a shared experience between the characters and the readers. Now, that, again, is the single best way to convey backstory. And you will use that in almost any story, even if you use some of the other techniques. So some of these other techniques I'm going to mention are equally valid and can be extremely um, helpful and useful, but they are a little bit gimmicky. So you have to be careful because they're more in the reader's face and it can be more difficult to make sure that they're like they have to be really interested <laughs> in the backstory to get these to work because it requires more of an investment. And the first of these techniques is prologues. And a prologue is a basically an extra chapter at the beginning of the story that kind of features some extraneous information. Prologues in general are very tricky. So as, you know, essentially your first chapter, the prologue's your hook. This is what has to pull readers in to the story. But because it's not actually the first part of the structural narrative, it's set apart and it can seem, it, if you don't do a good enough job of just really hooking readers in, it can seem too separate from what follows and and not a good hook. It's not something that pulls them in. And too often, particularly in years past, writers have been pretty guilty of using this as a place to just info dump the backstory. Um, you know, here's what happened. Here's the entire life story or the entire world history of the world I've built or whatever. And that's generally speaking, not a good hook. <laughs> so 
I recommend if you're going to use a prologue for your backstory, you want to think of it as a tease. Again, it's it's a part of the drip, right? But it's the first drip and you can do a bigger chunk. Um, but still, it needs to be something that really hooks readers. And it's not so much explaining what's going on as getting them to want to know more. Like, oh my gosh, this thing happened in the backstory and their characters passed. And I want to know why. And I want to know what happens next. Like, how, how does someone respond to that? And then you can pull into the main story and they're invested. They have a reason to want to know based on the backstory that you've shared in the prologue. Similar to this is flashbacks, which are also a dramatized scene of the backstory. Um, but these are interspersed throughout the main part of the narrative. And you might have one or you have some, and they can be as short as a few paragraphs or they can be as long as a couple chapters. And the thing, the great thing about flashbacks and the reason why you might want to use them is because, right, it's showing instead of telling, and it allows readers to be right there and to viscerally experience um, whatever it is that happened in the character's backstory without needing to be told about it. The downside of this is that, A, it's going to chop up your narrative, right? It's going to break up the flow of the main narrative so that you can pull back and go back in time and share something. And particularly if readers, like, aren't as interested in it as you want them to be, that's going to be a problematic sex. They might end up skipping it or skimming it or just giving up on the story because, oops, this isn't what I wanted to be reading about. And the very best, it can create a just a disjointed feeling to the narrative. So you have to be careful in how you use that and how often you put in flashbacks and how long they are. Now, the trick here, and this is true as well with alternate timelines. So in last month's video, we talked about multiple plot lines and of which alternating timelines can be one of those. And that's basically where you're expanding upon the flashback idea, but you're telling the entire backstory as a second story in which you're just alternating the chapters throughout the entire book. And this obviously would only be appropriate in stories where the backstory is huge, is equally dramatic and interesting as the main story and is extremely pertinent to the main timeline. But in stories like this, and, and really in any kind of story where you are alternating between POVs, between plot lines, between timelines, I used to say you have to make sure that each one is just as interesting to the reader as the other one, because otherwise they're just going to want to skip and get back to it. But what does that mean? What does it mean that you have to make each one as interesting as the other? Because a lot of times writers will say, well, the backstory is really exciting. Like all this incredibly dramatic stuff happens. There's battles. It's so exciting. Readers will love it. And that's not necessarily true because what happens as far as like the action in your, your backstory isn't what makes it interesting. What makes it interesting to readers is emotional urgency. They need a reason to care about what's happening in this and to care to the point that they're willing to read all the details, to spend a lot of time in these chapters or in these flashback scenes when instead of just wanting to get back to the main part of the, the timeline and continue with that because they are invested in that. They do care about that part of it, right? So the key, if you're going to do lengthy flashbacks or if you're going to do alternating timelines, is that you want to make sure there's emotional urgency. Readers have to really want to know what happens in this part of the story enough that they are willing to experience it, that it's just as important to them as whatever's happening in the main part of the story. So when it's done well, that can be fantastic. When it's not done well, it can really just kind of slow down your story and cause 
problems. So it's it's something to do to use with caution to study how it's done in stories that that kept your attention and that you really enjoyed, so that you can understand the difference between you know dumping backstory or sharing backstory that isn't as interesting as the main story versus something that is really integral and interesting and is driving the the emotional momentum of your story. And all of that brings me to what I think is the single most important rule about backstory. And this is going to affect what kind of backstory you share in your story and when you share it. Now, it is a rule of thumb. It's not going to apply universally, but it is a great little dictum to have in your head to ask yourself, um, you know, do I want to put the backstory in here? Do I want to share this backstory? So this number one rule for backstory is simply this. Do not share backstory until you've reached a point in the story where it's crucial for readers to know this backstory in order to be able to understand the main story. And this would include also any scenes in which it's necessary for your characters to know the backstory or to remember the backstory or to to explain their actions via the backstory so that the plot can move forward. So this again, not a hard and fast rule, but generally speaking, readers don't care about your backstory until it becomes important to the main story. So this is also a great way to help you build subtext within your story because if you're just kind of hinting at backstory, like something happened in the backstory, there was a ghost, but I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. Um, but it's important and it's driving, you know, your kid, the character's reactions. That's a way to pull readers along so that by the time you do get to where maybe you want to have a big reveal, maybe you do want to have a fully dramatized flashback. Now we have emotional urgency. Now readers are like, okay, I really want to know what happened <laughs> in the character's backstory versus, you know, maybe sharing that, that flashback early on when I don't care. I don't have a reason to care yet about why this is so important. And also in sharing it, you sap the subtext out of the character's actions and motivations because it's all been explained. It's all been laid out there. Now, obviously, you do need to lay it out there sometimes, and that's the point of the rule. When it becomes necessary, when it becomes pertinent, that's when you want to share it because you also don't want to compromise your story by not sharing backstory and readers are going to be asking, well, this makes no sense. Why would the character act this way? Or, you know, what was the information here that I'm missing that would have made sense of the explanation of the character's relationships with people who, you know, they had a history with? So again, to sum up, the importance of backstory is that it provides context. It provides a ghost for your character's character arc. And from that, it allows you to build this dimension and this depth into your main narrative. But it's important not to overshare or to overvalue backstory. It's important, but it should only be used carefully and subtly throughout the story to create an effect where readers are never pulled out of the main narrative, where it's all one seamless whole. So I hope that was helpful. And if you have a question that you'd like me to consider for a future video, please go ahead and leave that down below on YouTube. And I will see you later. Happy writing. And that brings us to the end of this episode of Helping Writers Become Authors. I hope you'll stop by the site for a full transcript of this episode and to join in the conversation in the comments. 
Tune in for next week's episode, where we'll continue to explore all things writing and storytelling. If you'd like to support the podcast, it always means a ton when you take a moment to leave a quick rating or review on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or Spotify. To stay updated on all the latest content I create for you, the best way is to join my mailing list at helpingwritersbecomeauthors.com slash mailing list. You'll also immediately gain access to lots of free resources, including my books, Crafting Unforgettable Characters and Five Secrets of Story Structure. For real-time connection with me, more writing advice, and behind-the-scenes glimpses, follow me on Instagram at author K.M. Wyland. A heartfelt thank you to each one of you for your support and enthusiasm, and especially those of you who support my work on patreon.com slash K.M. Wyland. You help make my site, this podcast, and so many other resources available to writers everywhere. So until next week, keep writing, keep dreaming, and most importantly, keep being true to your stories. Thank you for being part of helping writers become authors.